Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Talking City podcast brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. And look at me, I'm in the studio, first time. Please be gentle with me, I'm getting a bit nervous, there's lights, there's cameras, but here we are. And I'm not here alone, thankfully, I'm also here, of course, with Mr. Joe Bray. Joe, how's it going? It's good to see you, Dan, it's been a while, isn't it? It certainly has, it certainly has. I feel like this... Literally in living colour, as you, as you always That's do. That's exactly what I was going to say, <laughs> I took my line, but yeah, it's great. I do, as I've just said prior to this, I do feel like I'm... Gonna get grilled by Paxman or something, maybe like a little dapper laughs on news night, getting absolutely slagged off. Thankfully, I haven't worn my turtleneck, so it's not gonna to be too bad. But I tell you, who is feeling a bit bad today, of course, it is Manchester City because Joe, it's finally happened the first defeat of the season 1 0 to Newcastle United. City's Carabao Cup dreams are over once again, a third year running. You were there last night up in Newcastle, apart from being windy as hall hell. How was it? It was not a bad game considering that. City lost, obviously they made all the changes, Guardiola went into it and said, yeah, we're going to have to play the youth team, then he didn't because he said the youth team aren't ready and that's absolutely fair and he, he rested the likes of Diaz, Walker, Haaland, Foden, the team was probably what you expected and the performance was therefore, it followed that, didn't it? Because when you have a team full of players who haven't played a lot, it's not going to be as fluent and as as uh, joined up as, as it usually is. Um, but I think there were positives to take. There were some good performances. A few players sort of state to claim that they would have wanted to for, for Guardiola and showed that they can step in. There's no real shame in losing at St. James's Park nowadays, I don't think, especially against what was a slightly stronger Newcastle side. And uh, I think if you're going to lose your first game of the season, losing early in the Carabao Cup is probably the one to do it. So, yeah, they might be disappointed. There's no quadruple, but it's not the worst defeat in the world. No, not at all. I mean, for City, Guardiola, I think we were just talking before we came in here and it seems like the first time ever that he's kind of really been dismissive of the Carabao Cup, I'd say. He's always made changes in the earlier rounds. He's won it four times. He's, he, he likes the competition, you know, we've discussed before. He likes it because it breeds winning. You win your first trophy in February. You can usually, it's a it's a building block it's a springboard you know United last year won it they got to an FA Cup final they didn't manage to win anything but it was such a confidence booster especially for them getting their first trophy winning six and a half years it's not going to be you know as important for City but for the first time even though he made changes you know he wasn't making changes against Burton Albion or Swansea City a League One championship side this time it was against a competitive Premier League team one they only beat 1-0 at home earlier this season but even though it was a defeat, I think Guardiola would be fairly pleased. He didn't look it after a full time when he made a beeline for the referee. But otherwise, I think he'd be pleased. The only thing he said before the match's press conference that he just didn't want it to be like Southampton. I think he even said you can lose, but you've got to put in a performance. And he earmarked the Southampton defeat last year in the tournament as his the worst performance of his City managerial career. And he, he probably doesn't have many other contenders. It, they were shocking that night. It was so an untypical City display. They just lacked absolutely anything. And in contrast, this was a really recognisable display from City, almost too typically City, where they completely dominated the first half. I think at one stage, in about the 35th minute, Newcastle had only made one pass in their own final third, as was City's complete dominance um, with 70% possession. But they weren't making that complete dominance count. And then Newcastle were very um, unfortunate not to take the lead just before the break when... A quick counter, they sprung through Jacob Murphy, make it forcing Ortega into a good save. But 
other than Julian Alvarez being played through by Oscar Bob, the City had no real chances. And in the second half, when Newcastle came out full of fire, City kind of, as we've seen, like I say, a typical stereotypical display, they just didn't have that kind of spark. They were a bit flattened against a bit of a raucous crowd in that second half, um, a team who were more up for it. They just kind of crumbled in the end. And I think that was just because of the players playing. You've That Oscar Bob, Julian Alvarez chance, if Bob had played more and if he was a bit had a bit more confidence, he has a shot and he probably finds the bottom corner. But he's doing what he thinks he should do, which is playing the the player who's probably got a better shooting opportunity. Now Guardiola turned away and he was he couldn't believe that Bob didn't shoot. And uh, he said after the game he was a bit shy and you know if, if he'd played a bit more he, he would have had a shot there. And I think those sort of instances of just that lack of fluency that you don't get with players who've played a lot, they they didn't have that final ball just wasn't there, was it? And it's, it's understandable. And I think Eddie Howe changed the game at halftime and, and that won them the game. He he took off their two um, inexperienced teenagers and he brought on Bruno Grimares and Anthony Gordon and suddenly they were all flying into challenges. The fans were up for it. They were cheering, you know, free kicks, possession wins, throw-ins even, and then they get the goal. And suddenly after being very, very quiet and City fans were mocking the Newcastle fans for how quiet it was suddenly it's the St James's part that we come to expect and I think when you've got a young team like Rico Lewis played well but he was targeted a bit in that second half and he had to stand up Oscar Bob would, clearly has never played in an atmosphere like that even Sergio Gomez and Calvin Phillips haven't had that experience and haven't got that fluency in the legs to to respond to that so I think that sort of showed in in the second half and Guardiola could have brought on Kyle Walker for a bit of experience to to calm things down. He could have brought on Erling Haaland. He decided against it at the end of the game without a striker for that must be the first time in two seasons I played a game or any minutes without a striker off the top of my head. So it sort of showed where Guardiola's priorities were. He wanted to use it to to rest players. Um, he, he he said after the game Haaland was never really going to play and he could have brought him on for the last ten or fifteen minutes, but decided. It was probably better to give him the full rest and and save him. And yeah, he, he has made changes in, in the Carabao Cup in the early rounds in previous years, but they've gone through and then they've been able to to attack it. And I think that Southampton game is the, the one that Pep said before the game. He said after the game, before he was saying he didn't recognise his side. And it was a very similar team, to be honest. You had Phillips making his first start of the season in that game. Gomez played. Grealish was sort of the most... Uh, probably one of the most experienced attackers in the side. Alvarez was up front on his own. A lot of players with a point to prove. They didn't make that point at Southampton and Guardiola a couple of weeks later goes off and, and slags off everyone at the club for not having the right mentality. And he said last week that he's seen that mentality this time, that they're ready to go and defend the titles. And he said after the game that it was completely different to Southampton and he did see players putting the effort in so in that respect it's it's a positive yeah absolutely I mean we'll delve into the performances themselves and in part two but it wasn't that any of the the kind of the second string if you like coming in were bad at all individually I think as your ratings reflected and as we'll discuss I think they all played pretty well individually but when you're making you know when five players are coming in in one go who aren't regular starters who are getting the first significant minutes of the season there's going to be rhythm issues there's going to be um, a bit of disjointedness and there was just there just wasn't that sort of other than Oscar Bob who we will talk about I promise twice um, setting Alvarez away there just wasn't that 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 killer pass that that bit of spark in the attack and as you say the halftime changes Newcastle kind of blinked first and it proved it proved to be the right call from Eddie Howe I think Anthony Gordon's introduction in particular was kind of the catalyst it was his tackle on Mateo Kovacic um, a couple of minutes after the break he absolutely steamed in um, around right in front of the dugouts and it was one of those tackles that people get up off the seats and cheer just a get in sort of tackle and it really that was what really riled the crowd up and then after about three minutes four minutes later um Alexander Isaac sticks it in at the back stick and it, it as I said it was recognizable city performance because you kind of just thought you don't really see city getting into this it was just one of those where they just were a bit flat couldn't really be bothered I think I, maybe that's a bit harsh but they weren't going to cry over spilt milk with this performance and I think they were just more happy to get away I know there was no extra time, but no, no added stress of a penalty shootout. I know, I know the poor, the poor guys had to get the coach home, all the the luxury coach travel all the way home to to Manchester in the middle of the night. The the poor, the poor boys, but otherwise they kind of wanted to get in, get out, and uh, yeah, it was just one of one of those performances. And hopefully the point has to be now that it doesn't kind of rock 
the confidence and the momentum they had been building in the league and Champions League. Yeah, you mentioned the player ratings at one point. I had sixes all down the list because it was sort of just a six out of ten performance and no one played particularly bad. No one really stood out for the whole game. And yeah, it was just, I think the difference between the sides was that halftime change and Newcastle for that sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes at the start of the second half did enough to win the game and Guardiola decided he's not going to bring on Haaland to, to try and get back into it and the players who had put so much effort in in the first half and played so well sort of ran out of steam a little bit in the second half and yeah there weren't too many disappointed faces at half time walking off the pitch I think it was just like well we, we have had a go it's been a competitive game there's no one's can walk off that pitch saying that they played badly and uh, you know a few players playing out position Josco Guardiola for example was at centre-back for the first time which was a positive Nathan Ake was at left-back and left-wing and attacking midfield and everywhere and it was just a lot of players just out of position or in different positions than they've been used to so uh, yeah Guardiola really didn't seem too too disappointed I wouldn't have said it was a typical City performance in the fact that they've come back a lot this season from from going behind and going level and they've shown that they can do that and that was something that Guardiola said the other day that he's seen that mentality that they do have that sort of character in the squad to come back, but you have that character when you've got Rodri on the pitch and Walker and Diaz and Bernardo and just a bit more of a fluent attack and players who know exactly where the others are going to be. And you saw that a few times where there was just a pass that went for a runner, but the runner had stopped and everything that you would expect from a team that clearly have never played together or don't play together that often. So yeah, disappointing to be out of the cup for City, but... If you're going to go out, I think Guardiola said said as much. It was a good way to go out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk more on those performances in part two and talk about maybe the actual benefits that you've got from being out of the Carabao Cup. So do not go anywhere. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Now, Joe, we're going to kind of delve into those performances that, as I've just said, like individually were quite good, even if they didn't quite work as a collective. And, of course, the highlight on the pitch on Wednesday night was Oscar Bob making his first competitive start for City in his natural kind of attacking midfield role rather than on the right wing where he's been playing off the bench in recent weeks. And for the first half, at least, he was really like I wouldn't want to say surprisingly good as if everyone who's actually seen him didn't know his talent I've probably seen him before in youth games but it might maybe not have stood out as much but in this attacking role on his first start he looked like he'd been playing there for for years he was so so cool and collective on the ball so like a sunburst of pace wriggling through through tight spaces and as I've said in the first part two incisive passes for Elian Alvarez who on another day, he might, might took his chances. Like It was a great competitive start, and I get the feeling we'll be seeing a lot more of him. Yeah, I think you said there, it's like he's been playing there for years. He has been in, in the youth team, and, and that's where that's exactly the position where he won back-to-back player of the years in, in the academy. And 
he might not have got the headlines because he was the one in that hole, in that number 10, helping piece everything together for Borges, for Mabude, for Cole Palmer and McAtee before that. I think when you put him in that position, we've only seen him on the wing when he's come off the bench for the first team and in, in pre-season. But when you put him there, that's where he's comfortable and he's he's happy sort of finding those pockets and wriggling out of spaces. There was one point where we, we said earlier before, uh, today that the, he had four players on him and we think, well, he's he's not going to get out of this and he just wriggles through a lovely little bit of foot, footwork and, and keeps possession and... Newcastle targeted him early on. They, they put Joe Linton on him, and they thought, right, there's a there's a young lad here making his first start. We can we can really just push him off the ball, and they did for the first five ten minutes. But he he recovered. He he uh, put his foot on the ball. He, he sort of got that that little footwork to to make space for himself, and uh, just grew in confidence throughout the game. And I think it it says a lot that when City needed a goal, and it clearly wasn't working with Julian Alvarez, who had a quiet game up front on his own apart from those two chances Guardiola didn't bring on Haaland and he moved Bob up front and played him as the false nine for a little bit and then later on he switched him to the wing and put Foden there but uh, for for Guardiola to trust him to try and find a goal noticing how well he played um, and I asked Guardiola after the game I said did anyone take the chance and the first person he said was was Bob he said he played really well he played naturally and uh, he was very very pleased with him and I think because he's the only youngster, Guardiola's faced a lot of problem, uh, a lot of questions. Sorry, um, about Bob, and you can see at times he's trying to just downplay because I wouldn't say he is on the same level as Palmer, as as McAtee, and as as players like that. But he's still clearly a very talented player, and if he continues to take his chance like that, then Guardiola can't ignore him, and and will have to play him. And it's a shame for him that City are out of the Carabao Cup because that's the competition that uh, he would get games in. Although United away as a potential fourth round game had they got through might not have been the the game to play in but uh, on the basis of especially the first half against Newcastle um, yeah I think he'll get a lot more games and Newcastle won the game because they played him out of the game in that second half they they clearly identified Bob as someone who was getting space and creating chances and marked him out of the game in the second half yeah he was really pulling the strings in that first half I thought what impressed me so much was just how Kind of, comp- I know we talked about in the first half that he might, he should have shot perhaps instead of passing to Alvarez. But in the moment, I don't think you could like with hindsight maybe. But I don't think in the moment you could particularly call him for passing to the striker who was maybe a bit wider, but was certainly further forward. Pep like, did. Pep well, Pep did. Around, even, even before Alvarez had a shot because he was right in front of me. Pep was head in hands, but. But it comes that, well, that comes with games, of course. Like you know, that shows what he still has to look, has to learn, and if he wants more minutes, but. Again, I don't think in oh, okay, we're not the the tactical geniuses of Guardiola, of course. But like when he passed the ball, and like if Alvarez sticks that in, is 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 the criticism the same? Probably from Guardiola. But I don't think any of us would have highlighted it as such. And but his composure every other time, I thought yeah, he always made the right decision. When when a quick pass was needed, um, a one touch pass off to someone behind him to the side, he did it. When there was the time called to put his foot on the ball and take it a second. To kind of appraise the situation and and then make his move. I just thought he looked so, you know, for a twenty year old lad making his first start, um, he just looked so so composed in there. You know, in a central position. Let's not let's not kind of forget that Guardiola still doesn't particularly trust all the time Foden to play there. So it's you know Bob's probably going to continue playing on the wing when he comes on in the league. You'd expect, but to get a chance there and to play so well to get praise from Guardiola after playing there, I think that really does stand him in good stead. Like. You know, in a year's time, does he get a thirty million quid move to Chelsea? Who knows? City, City, you know, when if the offer comes in, City will probably take it. But for the year at least, they have replaced Cole Palmer when it looked like they might have been a bit short on attacking options. Yeah, and I think Palmer's had equivalent games where he's come on and, and looked really good. And it's up to Bob now to build on this. And if he does come on in the league, even if it's to to rest the legs for the last ten minutes or so of, of another player. He's got to continue doing that. Um, but yeah, I think a number of compliments are for Bob that he got a chant from the City fans up, up high in that stand. Uh, uh, I'd love to say I remember it, but I've had about three hours sleep. So that's my excuse for, for not remembering that. Um, I mean, there's a group of Norwegian journalists who follow City now because of Erling Haaland and every press conference we get a, a question on Haaland and it's, it's sort of become a, an expectation now. But the question was about Bob this time because 
Bobby's of course a Norwegian under 21 international and um, he's sort of starting to make headlines back in his home country and uh, yeah he's uh, he was the, the talking point after the game well another talking point of course is Calvin Phillips he was making just his fifth start for City you know going on to 18 months since joining the club it's been a tumultuous time at City of course you know two of those starts were when the Premier League season was already finished did he do enough to kind of change his stature in the club I suppose I'm not sure but I thought he did quite well especially the first half there was maybe two sloppy moments in the game I think maybe one when he gave the ball away but other than that he looked assured in there he looked like he finally kind of belonged a bit more now I still I will talk about Wolves in part three I don't know if he's done enough to start there but it's a big week for him as he admitted he came on against Forest, did well dug in when City needed him he's come in for as I say his fifth start here and, and did you know did all right he didn't not to sound too harsh but he didn't show himself up as he has done in previous starts you know um, the Southampton match the, the match that always sticks to mind is the Leicester City game which was his longest uh, performance in the Premier League. I think he got. I think he came on with over half an hour to go in that match, and that was his longest until he made his first start. And it, that was a disaster. He, you know, City, st- City were three 0 up and they won three one, but they easily could have drawn that match, which would have been um, really damaging to the title change. And a lot of it, it wasn't just Phillips Gomez, as we'll talk to in a minute. He played his part as well in that, but he really kind of instigated a near disaster in that game and it looked like his time at the club would be coming to an end now he's made the brave stance of staying fighting for his place you've got to admire that when Mafias Nunes was signed it almost seemed like he'd, you know, he'd been pushed down the pecking order further but with Rodri suspended he got his chance here uh, how do you think he did? I think he looked a bit nervous at the start and if he's I mean he admitted to us that it is the biggest week of his City's career and maybe that was playing on his mind a bit and Newcastle the first five ten minutes were quite physical in that midfield but like the others he, he grew into it and yeah he didn't do especially great but he also didn't drop any clangers which uh, we spoke about the Southampton game he was one of the, the worst performers in that game and was at fault for both of the goals in that game and uh, if Guardiola hasn't seen any of those issues from the Southampton game in the Newcastle one then I think Phillips deserves credit just for doing the basics right um, I think we've got to judge him differently to other players so Nunes has come in and looks at home straight away Phillips clearly is one of those who needs a bit longer and I think Guardiola said on on Tuesday that um, he's not been able to have the same impact as Marcelo Bielsa for example on on Phillips's career so it's um, I think it's going to be a, a slow project I'm not sure he's done enough to start against Wolves just because Kovacic is back Nunes is is an option as well but he's not done his long-term chances any harm and I think like a lot of players he's shown that he can come in and with better players around them he'll be able to slot in and, and do well but I think because he was probably one of the more senior players in what was a very very inexperienced side he probably felt the weight of that a little bit as well but if you let him just play his game the more confidence he gets, the better player he will be. So he'll be stronger in the long run. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the sort of standout performance some people will have been hoping for, but it also wasn't a disaster. And I don't think it was, as I said before, six out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, another one to come in, um, which wasn't surprising, but it was kind of surprising where he played, was Sergio Gomez. I think we all kind of expected him to be in at left back. He's looked, he's looked pretty promising this season, but instead he was in on the right wing, which of course is his kind of natural position playing for Spain, under-21s and Anderlecht beforehand. And he, I thought he looked quite dead. Again, this is pretty much all from the first half. City were kind of played out a bit in the second um, when Newcastle really got in amongst them. But that first half display, I thought Gomez looked qu- quite quite handy on the right, quite dangerous. He's got a, got a good delivery on him. Yeah, we looked at the team sheet and we had no idea where Gomez was going to play because he was named as the fifth outfield player, which suggested that the back four would be the back four who played. So does that mean that he plays next to Phillips? Does that mean that he plays on the wing? But then where does Grealish play? And while we were talking about where anyone could play, I mean, could Gomez play at left-back and Lewis in midfield, for example? Not once did right wing come up. And then even before kickoff, he just stands on that right wing spot. And we're like, OK, that's that's a choice. But that is, as we say, his, his natural position. And he, he looked good on the left wing against Red Star, um, sort of playing that sort of Kyle Walker equivalent role of covering the entire flank. Um, 
yeah, he was always looking to come inside because he's left-footed and uh, quite bright. He was getting a lot of coaching on the sidelines from from Guardiola. Another player who I think is, judging off the last two appearances, I, I don't think he's going to be used at left-back again for a long time. But if we're going to compare it to the Southampton game again with all the similarities, he was subbed at half-time and the away fans cheered because he was so bad. He He, he was genuinely awful and I think he would admit the same but to say that he's now found a, a sort of a space in that team uh, as a sort of covering winger on, on both sides is is useful for him and and for City he's another one who's probably going to be disappointed that City are out of the Carabao Cup because that would be two or three games before Christmas that he'd, he'd definitely get I do think one thing playing in Gomez's favour is that he's versatile and Guardiola loves versatility he has such a small squad because he's most the vast majority of his players can play at least two roles and probably three or four. Gomez is showing he can play left back, maybe maybe not well, but he can play there. He can play on the flanks. He can come into midfield. He can do the walker, doing the whole flank. He's got a few kind of strings in his bow. He can do a few different roles. Now it's unlikely he'll do those roles in big competitive matches that really matter. But in the Champions League games against lesser opposition, perhaps, or when that group stage is done, when the FA Cup rolls around, of course, like and maybe the Club World Cup games, we don't know who they'll be against yet, but. You imagine there might be some rotation there as well, given given the fixture pileup. Like he's he's given himself kind of a worth to Guardiola. I'd say being so useful in the different positions, being able to cover. And as we said, City the squad's even smaller this year, given the summer departures and the injuries that they've got. They've basically named two goalkeepers on the bench for the last three three or four weeks, and on on occasions haven't even filled the bench. So. By making himself as useful as possible, he's he's giving him he's, you know, he's carving out a little a little spot for himself in the squad, even if his minutes don't improve drastically. Yeah, and if he comes off the bench like he did against Fulham and provides an assist, he's another one who can a bit like Oscar Bob can come on and give Grealish a rest, or Bernardo or Foden, and and if he can come on on either side now, and he's got as you say a, an eye for a ball in the box, he's clearly got a good relationship with Haaland, for example, and and other players, and he's one like Phillips who said in the summer, I don't want to leave, I want to fight for my place, and um, I think it's probably a good decision that he's not in defence anymore, because he wasn't a City standard left-back, I don't think, but if he can reinvent himself, that's what, not a lot of players have done that, reinvent themselves in a different position for City after um, what was quite a, a low, low in that Southampton game at left back, so yeah, it's uh, this is it. A lot of positives to come from the the result, even if they're out of the cup. Yeah, exactly. You know, as we said, a defeat never good. The first defeat of the season out of the tournament, but positives to be taken from it. Of course, Joe, being out of the tournament, the quadruple or at least the domestic one, <laughs> those dreams are over now. You you got a bit of an eye off Guardiola, didn't you? Like one that could turn could turn um, people into stone, I'd say, and you did well to, to shrug your way through it. You know, what was it, what was his reaction when, when you asked about that quadruple? And it did so justifiably, may I add? Someone had to ask it, didn't they? It's, uh, I mean, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish had said the only way to better the treble is to win the quadruple and they wanted that high again. So the players had it in the mind that they wanted to, to win the quadruple. Guardiola brushed it off before the game and after the game he was... Uh, he said it was never on the minds and he insisted that they always make changes in the Carabao Cup in the early rounds and they only start thinking of winning it when they get to the semi-finals, which is probably true. I, I would say that they've gone stronger in, in previous years, but given all the injuries and the suspensions and fitness issues, then his his team was justified and they just came up against a good side. They could have played a Championship or League One side and made all the changes and got through easily. So, um, yeah, they won't win the quadruple. Um, but I think if you're going to go out of the Carabao Cup, you do it in the third round. And what this does is it frees up a game in um, the start of November. So they've got a free midweek, which is quite useful. Uh, they don't have back-to-back derbies at United, which as much as it could be a, a good week if you win both of them, it's probably one that you want to avoid in the middle of a, a busy schedule. Um, they don't have uh, two semi-finals now in, in the first two weeks of January, which is positive because that's always when the the fixtures add up and the the city made a run often in that in that month but they've now got a January where they don't have a game in uh, in any midweek which is uh, got to be a positive 
for the other competitions and it also means that they don't have to fit somehow a quarterfinal in when they are in Saudi Arabia which the quarterfinal was in uh, was set for that week when City are playing the semi-final in the Club World Cup the EFL were aware of it back in June and in discussion but there was no obvious date to play that quarterfinal before the semi-finals um, so there was a situation where they might have had to play a youth team for example and they might have had to play two or three more games only to go out then instead so I think if you're going to go out in any season, you do it this year. And they've won the Super Cup already, so they could still win four trophies. They could win five. It's uh, it's not it's really not the end of the world. So uh, yeah, I can fully understand why Guardiola gave me a death stare when he asked about that because it's it's just not on his mind. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, he said after the match, "I don't want to waste energy on the competition at that stage." And we've never heard Guardiola best to be so kind of dismissive of the tournament, as we said. He usually likes to win it. That's kind of a change of face. But Rennie's got another tournament with the Club World Cup, as we say. It makes a lot of sense, you know, that fixture pile up in December is going to be bad enough. I think they have to fit a Brentford game in as well, which thankfully, because they lost to Arsenal, can be squeezing in one of those weeks now where there will be no Carabao Cup game at least. So that's not going to be too too uh, kind of a busy of a period. There's another one as well, because the final of the Carabao Cup, they're due to play Bournemouth away. So if they'd got to the final, they would have had to fit in a trip to Bournemouth in midweek somehow and that's when all the fixtures are adding up either in the quarterfinals, semi-finals or the Champions League you've got no time to play that so it, hard, it just keeps having a knock-on effect for the fixtures and I think he'll be quite pleased with going out so early and he, he didn't seem as I say too disappointed So that's the most positive that's ever been happened after a City uh, defeat that's for sure you know, we'll try and find as many as many um, positive points after that than us I don't think you'll be able to but of course, City will need to get back to winning ways at the weekend. And we'll be back in just a moment to uh, dive into Saturday's trip to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Stay where you are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Talking City podcast for part three, where we're going to look forward to Saturday's trip to Wolves. Now, Joe, the biggest talking point ahead of Saturday's game is, of course, that Rodri is still suspended. He served his first... Uh, the first match of his ban against Newcastle, which is uh, you know, conveniently timed at least, but two more to come, and of course Arsenal next week, which is not good at all. Who's going to come in to take his spot? I think the obvious answer is Mateo Kovacic. He came came back and got a good 70 minutes on Wednesday. And then Mafias Nunes, who we'll talk a bit more about in a moment. But you know that Rodri, that Rodri role needs filling. Who's going who's gonna to fill those big boots? Calvin Phillips will want it. I think Kovacic showed just what a classy player he is at Newcastle. I mean, from the first minute he was getting on the ball and uh, City haven't missed him, obviously, because they've won all the games when he's been missing. But I think Kovacic showed what he can bring to this team and why he's probably going to be a, a first-choice midfielder while Kevin De Bruyne is out just because he was his runs forward were clever. He, he, he just provided a bit of experience in, in that midfield in the first half and I can see Guardiola leaning towards Kovacic probably at the base of midfield rather than Phillips, unless he does maybe a double pivot and plays Kovacic and Phillips. Um, and that allows Kovacic to make those runs forward. You could put Nunes in there as well, um, who played well again when he came on and continues to start well. Um, I can't see it being Phillips on his own just because, as we said, he just didn't, he did okay, but not spectacular. Um, Guardiola said he's got a chance, as everyone has, but um, I would lean towards Kovacic being a more steady option to 
to get City back to winning ways and just remind everyone that that was a second string side that lost at Newcastle. Now this is to say that Rodri doesn't get forward. You know, he's he's, he's second top scorer this year with three goals. He's he's making himself a real goal threat this year. But is there a concern of either Kovacic or Nunes or both of them being there that they are both two players who surprisingly so with Nunes really like to get forward and you know, Kovacic especially probably the best the thing he's best at is picking the ball up from deep and really driving forward with it I think there was one moment in that first half against Newcastle when he did exactly that and that was like yeah I have, I think I've said on this podcast before I kind of have my doubts over Kovacic's kind of not quality per se he's clearly a good player but if he's good enough for City consistently especially when you're replacing Gundogan now in this scenario last season Gundogan replaces Rodri and it's it's hardly even a cause for concern we've seen him do it in that season when Fernandinho was injured he filled in there for the whole season City won the league um, on the final day but no I'm not quite sure if Kovacic has maybe he'll surprise me and I hope he does he clearly rated by Guardiola and likewise with Nunes but I don't know if he has quite the tactical kind of astuteness and perhaps discipline to really do that kind of defensive role that Rodri does so well and you're not going to tell me that of course you can but that's, yeah, that's I'm going to fully disagree because I think he started really well and for 25 million he's been mm. oh, yeah. what a signing and he's he's slotted in straight away he's, he's won four Champions Leagues and Europa League and uh, I think Spanish League a couple of times he's he, he is a winner and you don't play for Inter Milan Real Madrid Chelsea Man City if, if you're not a bad player and just the way that he dealt with the ball at Newcastle and just put his foot on it and kept things going. I think that time you mentioned when he raced forward, there was an, another time where he, he was the, the furthest man forward and he, he didn't really know what to do and just stopped, but only because he didn't have any support. And um, yeah, he's, his runs forward have been good. This could be a chance to see him in the sort of defensive area that we thought he would arrive and, and play in. So yeah, I suppose in that respect, you, you're right that we've not seen him in that yet, but um, which is why I think maybe... Uh, Phillips and Kovacic could be a, a way to balance that out if one goes forward the other one stops a bit like Phillips plays with Rice for, for England um, but I don't think Kovacic would have any problem in changing his role a bit like as you mentioned Gundogan last season he, he could play defensive midfield he could play attacking midfield he could play false nine if, if you're a player of that standard I think you can change your role and he, he he's adapted to Guardiola's system very easily so far so if he's fit if he's got through that 65 70 minutes which felt like a planned substitution anyway um i, I can see him starting and doing well whatever role he plays yeah i say i'm intrigued i'm intrigued to see if he can do it and if he'll be, kind of be trusted to do that role because it's probably the most important role in the city team other than whoever's doing the kind of inverted defender role you know rodri's such an important player they've lost the i don't know rodri probably wouldn't have played against newcastle even if he wasn't suspended i wouldn't have thought given the amount of minutes he's played, but they have lost the first match without him this season. It's not, oh, did he play against Red Star? He did. Right, God. So, of course. So, he's the most important player. I think I did, I did a piece the other day, like, he's never missed three games in a row for City since he joined. He's only, And he's only missed two games in a row twice. And I think the last time that happened was 2021. He's practically an ever-present. If he's available, he plays. And to be without him, even against you know, a team like Wolves, without being too disrespectful. It's going to be interesting to see how City adapts. And I, I do wonder if maybe, because Phillips does sit, I'm, incl- I'm intrigued to see if he might just get the nod because he will sit deep and Kovacic, just in case he doesn't, can roam. But I, I'd be quite intrigued to see if Nunes and Phillips can play alongside each other as well. And of course, you've got whoever's going to come in from the defence into that midfield position as well. You'd probably imagine Kanji if he starts, even though he didn't have the best of days. But... You know, with Stones out, it's, it's quite intriguing. It's like for the first time in quite a while, it's gonna be because Rodri's such an ever-present. Like, how are they going to line that midfield up? And I know, you know, Wolves have been quite, quite a chaotic side. Obviously, the manager left on the eve of the season, and Gary O'Neill's in. They've not been particularly bad, but they've they've lost. You know, they drew with Luton last time out and lost to Ipswich in midweek in the Carabao Cup. They've only got one win, but they haven't been. And they got battered by Brighton, but who, who doesn't? Um, even when they've lost. And they've lost bad at times. They've not been bad. They took the lead against Liverpool and against United. And now this is United, so don't don't let me conflate the two. But United left at Casemiro, their one defensive midfielder, quite exposed. And the midfield was so soft and Wolves ran through them at will repeatedly. That, that was United trying to copy City's inverted fullback thing. It did not work whatsoever. City can do it a lot well. So I don't have any doubt that they'll get exposed or anything. But even though Wolves are down low on the table, have had a bad start... 
they have quite a few good attackers and have done you know they've they've given City issues before especially at Molyneux so I don't think it'd be quite well they'll batter him 5-0 now but I don't think it'd be quite as easy as it perhaps looks on paper especially with Rodri out I mean you'll have the likes of Walker, Diaz um, Haaland coming back Foden didn't play the full 90 and who knows whether Bernardo will be fit or not I think Alvarez will probably slot in in that number 10 role that he's done very well uh, behind Haaland and that relationship is good. So um, it'd be good to see a, a midfield three of Phillips, Kovacic and Nunes. I think that could be quite dangerous if, if they sort of all rotate. But then where do you fit Alvarez in and what wingers do you have? So um, there, there are options. There are lots of different options. I don't think the loss of Rodri will be too won't be felt too much if, if as you say you've got a Kanji who can push into midfield Gavardiol can do the same if he's picked at left back um, you can cover that area quite well but I would say that Newcastle won the game in the Carabao Cup because in the second half they got a quality midfielder on the pitch and were a bit more physical in the centre and, and did that so um, I think yeah City will have to be a bit stronger in midfield whoever they pick they'll have to be a bit more clinical in attack but if you have Foden coming in off the off the right. If you have Grealish back on the left, you could pick Jeremy Doku, who uh, loves to attack and def- a defender. And then you've got Erling Haaland back. It will be a different side that face Newcastle, and it will also be a fresher side because a lot of those players had a rest. Um, I would expect City to win relatively comfortably. Yeah, do not mistake me. I think City <laughs> should win. I don't think this result will not come off their stride whatsoever. The Newcastle result, they should win. They should win. Yeah, they should win comfortably, really, but I can just see with Rodri out, how do they adapt to that? It's, it's, it's interesting. I feel like for the first time, these games would usually be nothing to talk about. You know, City v Palace, City are going to win. That's probably a bad example because Palace quite doing quite a bit, but City v Forest, City are going to win. City v, Burn- City v Burnley, City are definitely going to win, probably about by at least three goals. But for the first time in one of these games where City should win, it just feels like there's there's a bit of kind of unknown quality to the match but at least as you say there Grealish is back he got 90 minutes on Wednesday how did you think he did there and is he you know is he good to come straight back into the start I think first half he was good he kept the ball he did what you expect him to do and attract the defender and try and spread the play second half I mean as soon as Newcastle scored Guardiola beckoned him over and I mean Newcastle was still celebrating in the corner and Guardiola's having a a word with Grealish and telling him to do uh, whatever he wanted and yeah, he kind of wanted a little bit more from Grealish to, to force the issue, but I think you've got to credit Newcastle for doing a job on him as well. And uh, Tino Livermento got player of the match he played and very well, was yeah. really good in his first start as well and really marshalled him. I mean, Grealish isn't a popular person at Newcastle given his, his past comments on uh, Miguel Almiron, although I will say when the players walked into St James's Park, he was the most popular player. Uh, from the Newcastle fans uh, he, he got the most shouts so uh, he was the pantomime villain again he did alright he's, he's still coming back from injury and uh, I would I would expect him to start at Wolves and probably silence a few players and he's back in the Midlands he's he's going to get a few boos as well and he's going to love it Well they actually quite a, quite a physical battle with Liverman so he went um, the young right back went through him on a couple of occasions and it was a, it was a good battle I'm just wondering if because he played 90 minutes and Kovacic only played 70 coming off presumably to start on Saturday um, is there a kind of thought maybe it's Doku on the left or Foden them two wingers starting and Grealish perhaps on the bench given given he played the full game but if you recall it was last season against Wolves where Grealish really started to come alive as a City player wasn't it it was when he got absolutely <laughs> kung fu kung fu kicks in the gonads and um, the Wolves defender whose name was Nathan Collins was it oh. possibly yeah who got this, the red for yeah that rings a bell for ringing his bell so to speak <laughs> and he, he got the he got the this opening goal after ninety seconds in the match. It was the game where he it he, he kind of clicked yeah. for him as a city player. So maybe it's you know a, a good place for him to you know get this season going a bit more as well. I think what City have now is wingers who can do different things. Uh, we've I've spoken about this in the last couple of podcasts, but you've got Docker who wants to attack his man and and can play on either side and cut inside or go to the byline. And Grealish, if he wants to do that, can do it. But he also holds the ball up well. You've got Bernardo who. Uh, can play in that inside channel Foden as well but Foden can also get to the byline so um, Guardiola can look at Wolves and see how is the best way to affect their fullbacks and pick his wingers based on that City end of the season with Grealish as an undroppable player on the left because he was so good um, I think it's he's probably not undroppable anymore just because of the different profile of players they've got but that doesn't mean he's playing any any worse it just means that City squad has a few more options now and he will probably be stronger for it that he doesn't have to play every game but um, yeah 
we know he loves environments like mm. Wolves Away and where he's he is the villain and getting kicked all over the park and he can just get up and like you say go and put one in the bottom corner well you say Grealish is going to be the villain going to get booed I think someone else might be taking his starring role at the weekend because it will be the the homecoming of Matthias Nunes back in Wolves after his kind of controversial departure in the summer I think he will be in for for quite the warm welcome shall we say but I think he'll start and it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of reacts because he's going to come in for quite the bit of stick you'd expect given his exit and it's relatively soon since that exit, isn't it? It's still uh, raw. It's still fresh in the memory of him going on strike, as we're led to believe, and uh, saying that he wanted to move to City. And then Gary O'Neill, the manager, comes out and says he wasn't quite happy with how Nunes handled it. And I think the CEO or the uh, the, tra- the transfer director or someone like someone that. Hobbs is called. He yeah. he does the most statements for a club kind of official I've ever seen. He always he was, comes up. He was not happy with Nunes, was he either? And uh, a lot of criticism. Whether that's just Wolves trying to save face and say. Um, yeah, this is what happened. But I mean, they still banked 55 million off a, a player they had for one season, which um, isn't a bad return. And yeah, I think Nunez has started well. I think he's keen to sort of not be the villain and sort of calm things down. But um, that's not going to stop the Wolves fans. And um, but he started well. He came on against Newcastle again, and uh, he's got those driving runs sort of to the byline just inside the area. Um, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him so far, and. Um, this could be a game where it's a bit cathartic. I remember Grealish going back to Aston Villa early on in his first season and he didn't start, but he came off the bench and he got roundly booed. But it's a different scenario because Grealish was a club captain and he came through the ranks there and a, a hero there. But he got the the boos and the, the kicks and, and stuff when he came on, but then he walked around all the stands and it felt like it was just a, a release of everything, a, a cleaning of the slate. So maybe Nunes won't get that. But um, you never know. It could it could be it could be good for all parties to move on. No, I'm, I must say though, I know you praised Nunes on the podcast um, earlier this week, but I've been really like so impressed. I think I was kind of talking, you know, in my in my articles about him and when I, when he signed, I, I kind of expected him to be more of the defensive midfielder, almost the Rodri standing that Phillips was meant to be. But the way he's come in, he's been so much more like attacking and energetic, getting forward and exciting like maybe it's on me for not not watching Wolves enough don't shoot me um but you know he's a player Guardiola's clearly liked for a long time praised him to high heaven after the Sporting Lisbon game a couple of years back and he's just been so much more I don't know like better than I expected but like just doing doing more than I expected just on ball getting forward um really adding like another dimension to that midfield it's it's just so interesting how City have kind of subtly changed this year They, they seem to have just so with Doku as well and the way kind of Foden's playing and um, and Kovacic, so many more players were running with the ball now, just picking it up around the centre circle and just belting forward to it, maybe a little one-two, but running, carrying it rather than, the obviously the slow pace of build play is still there, of course, but see, I feel like they're playing a, a bit faster this year and a bit with a bit more directness, if you think that's it's a bit more old school, isn't it? Yeah. It's like... Like a four-two-three-one. I know the midfield, the defense comes in and all that, but the the the, the starting lineups almost pretty classic compared to what we used to. I think you're right that Nunes is different to what we expected. I don't think I saw where he fitted in. I think probably thought he was a bit more of a defensive, just passer of the ball, like City have signed a lot of those players. But uh, Guardiola said himself, he's explosive when he he gets gets one of them runs. And yeah, I think this City side now are they've they've worked on building a sort of flowing passing team for so long and they've won the treble doing that and then suddenly we've got like you say Doku, Nunes, even Kovacic and um, Haaland now as a big number nine it feels like a side that would have won the Premier League in 2010. 1994. <laughs> or, yeah it, it's just like uh, just direct and get the ball run with it but also combining that passing so um, it's just another evolution of, of Guardiola's side but yeah I think Nunes deserve, deserves credit for coming in and just playing his own game and, and getting stuck in straight away because it could be easy to come in and just try and play the, the simple passes and try. all the players have done it. We've, we've seen so many players take a while to adapt, but he's just gone for it, hasn't he? Has that myth, well, not myth because it definitely was true, but has it ended now? Because Alvarez and Haaland both came in last year, Akanji as well, I know it's more an attacking thing, but Haaland and Alvarez both came in last season, pretty excellent. I mean, can't get much more excellent in Haaland's case on his first season. Doku, Nunes, both in this year, 
taking it to like duck to water. Has that first year buffer zone ended now? Like is Grealis the last one? I mean, Phillips is still going through that <laughs> that that turnover, isn't he? I think um, he might might be there for a while. But yeah, it's uh, it's refreshing to see players like you, Nunes, Doku, Haaland, like say Alvarez um, coming in. I think Kovacic looks like he's been in that team for years, um, especially when it seemed like the transfer window was a bit more reactive than proactive and sort of signing players later on in the window rather than earlier on. Um, it's yeah, it's good to see those players coming in and saying, yeah, I want this shirt and I want to. I'm going to force out these players, helped by players like, with all the injuries and with De Bruyne injured and stuff like that. But you've, you've got to take a chance and Guardiola will be happy that they're doing that. Absolutely. Well, Joe, only one last thing to ask and that is, of course, what will the score be on Saturday? I'm going 3-0 City. I think it'll be relatively easy. Yeah, I completely agree. 3-0 to Manchester City. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of today's episode of the Talking City podcast. Thank you very much much for listening and of course you know if you like listening you can watch as well you can see my double chins i'll look for my agenda it's, it's quite uh you know i'm getting quite self-conscious but i'm doing my best so why don't you get over to youtube uh and manchester evening news dash man city and get it watched in living color and of course you can get all the latest city news analysis and opinions on manchester evening forward slash manchester city you can get all our articles on twitter or do we have to call it X now? Um, whatever whatever the blimmin' it's called, whatever that madman is doing, you can follow us on at Man City MEN. We're on Facebook, of course, no confusion there, Manchester Evening News dash Man City. And I think we're on, what else are we on? We're on somewhere, somewhere, Instagram maybe, Man City MEN. Yeah. Maybe TikTok if we're not, Manchester Evening News. TikTok, yeah? Oh, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a thumbs up. We are on TikTok. I presume it's Man City MEN. It is. That's good to know. Go and follow us on all that stuff. Click subscribe. Click like. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you soon. But until next time, it's goodbye for now. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.